One of, if not the question I'm asked the most, Ari, should I invest in Roth or pre-tax if I am in a high tax bracket? I am in one of likely the highest tax brackets I will ever be in because I'm planning on retiring soon and I don't know what to do. Do I do pre-tax? I'm in a high bracket now. Do I do Roth? What makes most sense for the long term with that tax-free growth? What about future RMDs, required minimum distributions? I'm going to get into all of that today and I recognize that as I'm going to be going through this, this is going to be one of those number heavy episodes, if you will. So sometimes it can be difficult to follow through a podcast. It is my job to make that simple and for you to understand it. And if I don't, then I haven't done my job well. So that is my goal today. Before I hop into today's episode, as always, I am doing all of this content and more on YouTube, and you can check that out there if you are looking for content where you can see me work through examples like this. If you're listening to this on the road or working out, then extra credit goes to you because it is difficult to follow along sometimes while doing some burpees or while driving. I want to make sure that you are absolutely getting the most out of this content that I work hard to prepare for you all. So hope you are loving it. And as I'm going through this today. Please know if you have a question, you can always submit that earlyretirementpodcast.com. So without further ado, let's hop right in. So the best way I like to go through this conversation is going over a few basic things Then I'm going to hit you with an example that I hope will resonate. So more often than not, I'm going to pretend that I know what's in your brain right now. I probably do that too much, but I'm going to pretend right now that you're in a high tax bracket. Let's call it maybe the 24% bracket. Don't know exactly you know, exact income, but if we're looking at it, maybe you're between 178,000 to 340, just taxable income. And I'm going to pretend that you've saved and invested well. So let's say that you've got maybe 2.3 million in in pre-tax accounts, maybe some other accounts, but let's just assume you've saved and invested well. So there's going to be certainly some RMDs in the future. If we don't do any, you know, Roth conversions or other strategic planning. And a lot of people even hear me say what I just said, and they go, all right, what on earth are RMDs? What does that mean for the future of my plan? Whether you want to or not, you are going to be forced to have to pay some of the taxes that you've been getting a deduction on for all these years. Luckily, you've been investing well, so you've been getting some good growth. The question now in your head is, Ari, I'm in a high tax bracket. Do I pay the taxes now on these dollars that are Roth, knowing I'm going to have these big future RMDs anyway? But I also recognize that I am in a high tax bracket. And because of that, should I get a deduction now? Because next year, I might be in a whole lot lower tax bracket if you're going to retire next year or in a few years. And so this is a very common situation. That question can only be ever answered in the context of what your specific tax picture will look like in the future. There are, once again, a few different variables to take into account. The largest is going to be that RMD. So let's take an example and let's pretend here, um, I'm going to say that you have no dollars in your pre-tax accounts, okay? Zero. If you have zero, more often than not, which is not the case with a lot of you guys, I know that, if you have zero, pre-tax is probably going to be the answer. The reality is, most of you have not just invested two Roth assets and you do have some IRAs, some 401ks you've been investing in. And so because of that, you are wondering, okay, Ari, what on earth do I do? So I don't have to pay a ton of taxes in the future. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. So let's take an example here. Let's pretend that you have 2.3 million in pre-tax accounts. You've saved and invested well. I'm going to assume that there's going to be some pension here, just for illustrative purposes, of 40000 a year once you retire 
and between Social Security, between you and your spouse, there's $60,000. So I'm going to say there's $40,000 of pension, $60,000 Social Security, and you want to spend $10,000 a month. Just take a basic example here. So you want to make sure you're spending $10,000 a month and you have $100,000 a year that's coming in. So let's not forget, 2026 brackets go back up. So right now, tax brackets, the 12% bracket, that's going to become the 15% bracket. The 22% becomes the 25%. The 24% becomes the 28%. So this question, once again, about, okay, tax brackets, how do we make sense of all of this, Ari? I promise I'm going to get into it now. So if we're looking at your different accounts, and in between the pension and Social Security, you're at 100000 a year, and you want 120000 a year, call it 10000 a month, that tells me 20000 bucks has to come from somewhere, more often than not, your portfolio or other cash that you're sitting on so you can spend and do what you need to do. So why do I say, you know, pension, Social Security, 100000 One, to keep it easy round numbers. Two, if we look at your taxable income, right now that would put you, assuming you're retired, in the 12% bracket. So remember the 22% bracket, that's from 83,000 to 178,000. So some of you guys are hearing this going, wait a second, all right, let's make sure we're on the same page here. Taxable income, I just said, from your pension social security is going to put you in the 100,000 a year, and that puts you in the 12% bracket. And you're going, wait a second, all right, you just said the 22% bracket is 83,000 to 178. 100 is more than 83, Ari. So shouldn't, if I'm spending 120000 a year, kind of be in the middle of that 22% bracket? And here's what you got to think about. The max that Social Security gets taxed is 85% of Social Security in your taxable income, which means if you have $60,000 worth of Social Security, $51,000 is taxed. There's also a standard deduction, call it 20, we call it 27,000. Let's just call it when I when I'm doing this example in my head, just $26,000 for ease. And so on top of that, if you are over 65, you get an additional bump to that as well. So we can look at that deduction and go, okay, where might we fall with that? Not that you need to follow this 100%, but I want you to follow the thinking 100%. So if you're intentional, very intentional about where if you're this couple, you've got 100,000 bucks that is coming in from pension and social Security, you want to live on 120000 a year. If you're intentional about where you pull money from, you could stay in that 12% bracket, which is saving you 24% on taxes today to be, call it 12% in the future. Now, when I say future, remember in 2026, 12% is actually 15%, but it's still lower than today. Now, let's take this other example. Let's say you don't have $2.3 million in pre-tax accounts. You have $0. Um, and so if you have $0, what does that mean? It means those RMDs I'm talking about, that concern you're going to have to take out X number of dollars in the future, you don't have to worry about that. That's just something that you don't have to concern yourself over. However, if you do have that $2.3 million and you're saving, and let's say you're retiring next year or two years, let's use two years as an example here, that $2.3 million, maybe that grows, and maybe it's two point five conservatively. So now, in addition to your pension and Social Security, um, let's call it you need 40000 from your investments. And let's say you take all of that from your pre-tax accounts. That would be a withdrawal rate of 1.6%, assuming your assets grow, let's just say conservatively 5%, from age 65 to 72. After the withdrawal, the effective growth is 3.4%. So growing at 5%, taking 1.6%, we call it the effective withdrawal growth, if you will, um, is 
3.4%. So now that 2.3 million, guess what that's grown to? Now I'll, I'll spoil the surprise, but it's always fun to just think. And, and if you said 3 million, you're right about there, 3.1 million. I'm just going to round 3.2 million. What this means is starting at 72, if you don't do any planning, which you're not going to do because you listen to the early retirement podcast, but if you were to do no planning, your social security might be $51,000 of ordinary income. As a reminder, only 85% of that social security benefit is taxable. So not fully, just remember 85% is the maximum. So call it of a 60,000 social security benefit, 51,000 is taxed as ordinary income. Your pension, $40,000 ordinary income. Plus you would have an RMD of $122,000, assuming you've saved and invested well. And so now we're going to look at, call it what your AGI, adjusted gross income might be. And guess what? As I'm recording this, you know, heads up, as you're likely aware, Secure Act 2.0, that pushed RMD ages back. So your RMD is likely age 73. For a lot of you, it's probably age 75 if you want to retire early. So you do not have to worry about the exact specifics there that I will go over and I do on other podcasts. But in light of today, here's my message here. Your total adjusted gross income before dividends, interest, anything else, guess what? You're at about $213,000 between social security, pension, and, you know, call it RMDs. Um, So now you're going, wait a second. All right, let's make sure I'm following here. Uh, You're telling me I might be, you know, $213,000 before dividends or interest or any of that stuff. Um, That's exactly what I'm saying, which means that today's rates, 24% marginal bracket after deductions in the future, 24% is the 28%. So keep in mind, brackets themselves, they go up, they adjust for inflation and other factors. So today, if we're looking at what bracket might you fall in, maybe it's not the 24% bracket, maybe it's the 22%, but let's just take 24% to, to follow along here. And once again, that 22% becomes the 25%, and we can go through various examples there all day. But here's the takeaway. Um, you should do some tax planning. If you're going to have RMDs, here are a few options for you. Number one, do you do Roth 401k today? Knowing there's going to be a big RMD in the future, it's not fun to pay taxes today, but the idea is after you go through a deep analysis, it might make sense to do Roth 401k today. It might make sense not to do that. It might make sense to do Roth conversion once you retire instead of the Roth 401k. Another option, what if we could push Social Security to keep your taxable income even lower? Why would we do that? Allows for more time to convert from an IRA to Roth IRA. Now we have to balance that with the opportunity cost. What's the opportunity cost here? Having to pull more out of your retirement accounts like your IRA to live on. So let's summarize that in plain English. Does it make sense from a Social Security perspective to pull from it so less has to come from your portfolio or... Does it make sense to pull from your portfolio, implement more of these conversions, push out Social Security? Well, as you can imagine, it depends on a lot of different things. So here's my answer. And it's one you're all not going to love. So I apologize in behalf, but here's the reality. If anyone says, once you hit this AGI, this is the exact time where you should do Roth, or this is the exact time to do after tax, this is the exact time to make sure that you're doing you know, pre-tax instead to get a deduction. No one knows. And here's what you should think through. I don't know, but potentially it could make sense to a Roth conversion, although if you're going to be in the 24% bracket, it makes it less likely. So 
when we're looking at planning. More often than not, people are going, and this is probably the question, summarizing all of it, or give me the answer. Pre-tax, Roth, I'm in a high tax bracket. What do I do? As opposed to what do I do, it's what do I think through. And if you're going to have these big RMDs in the future and your cash flow allows for it today, I'm likely leaning towards Roth. And for a lot of my clients with a very healthy income who are going to have significant RMDs, a Roth contribution makes most sense. One, it's going to you're not going to have even significantly more RMDs in the future. Now, you could offset that by just trying to spend more earlier on, but that almost defeats the purpose of good planning. I don't want you to spend money for the sake of spending money just so you don't have to pay as much in future taxes. So the question of, I don't know what's most relevant here, um, but I can tell you, Ari, I want to live on $10,000 a month. I would say, okay, here are a few other options. You could spend it, meaning go back to the need for tax planning between retirement and call it required minimum distribution age and go, what do you want to do? Do you want to spend more money? Do you want to travel more? You want to do more? Great. In addition to that, you could give some, maybe not as much of a tax planning, but if you're looking at this and you're going, you know what, I do have charitable giving, that's very important for me for my future plan, you could implement what are known as qualified charitable distributions that will satisfy that RMD and you can begin that earlier than RMDs. And so that's one of those things that if you want to do so, you could do up to $100,000 and that could be sufficient. Lastly, what about legacy? incorporating children's tax brackets so you are not leaving them with this big tax bill that they, as a reminder, have to take out over 10 years. That's important because let's assume you're investing well, you're doing all these amazing things, you have a tax strategy, God forbid, you pass away. Now what happens is your heirs, assuming even they're in a high tax bracket, they now have 10 years to distribute this asset. So let's pretend you're in California, which is where I'm recording this episode. You have a very healthy tax, you know, very healthy income, excuse me. And now your heirs are inheriting this. What happens is they're now having to pay taxes on these dollars that you work so hard for. And I'm going to come out with a wild guess and assume you don't want them paying 40% taxes plus on those dollars that you work so hard for. So summary to Roth pre-tax, first understand your tax future landscape. That's number one. Where are you today? What bracket are we in? Where will we be in the future? The next step is overlay your specific situation, things like desired spending, giving, legacy. After that, can you really only understand what makes most sense from a pre-tax, Roth, brokerage, all of that good stuff. So overall, the message, if you have significant RMDs in the future, it can often make sense, assuming your cash flow allows for it, to do Roth. If you're going, you know what, Ari, I'm in a high tax bracket. I know I'm going to be in a high tax bracket in the future as well, but cash flow is tight today. Oftentimes, it can make sense to do pre-tax because you're going to take home more and you're going to get that deduction that just makes it easier. And the goal here, as I've always said, it's not to maximize return on investment. If you wanted to do that, however odd that sounds, then guess what? Keep working forever, keep saving and investing and never stop. You'll have a very healthy balance. That's not the goal for most of you. It's I want to make sure I get to do everything I want to do in light of my finances, in light of what actually I've been working so hard for so I can create this lifestyle where I have more time. So for most people, that's what they're looking for. And so this is my summary today of Roth versus pre-tax. Now, 
That is what I wanted to go over on this aspect, but please know if you're going, Ari, I want specifics for my exact financial plan. That's of course what I help to do. So speak with myself or another tax planner. You can reach out to me specifically to apply to work with me in the description, and I would be happy to walk through you exactly and show you what I do when it comes to tax planning, when it comes to investment planning, and overall financial management. So hope this was helpful, and I will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Early Retirement Show. If you have a question that you want answered in a future episode, you can always go to my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. That's earlyretirementpodcast.com. And you can go ahead and submit a question that I'll look to answer in a future episode. Thank you all for listening. Please do rate it, review it, and share it with someone who you think would benefit from this information if there's anyone out there that you know. I certainly appreciate it, and I will see you all each week. Hey guys, it's me again. Please be smart about this. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as financial, tax, or legal advice. Consult with your tax preparer or financial advisor before taking any action. This podcast is for informational purposes only.